Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to not so sunny Southern California. It is the practice report. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. Going to talk with Berm back home, still unfortunately making me sad. We're going to talk about Ohio State Offensive Media Day uh, and what this roster will look like heading into Saturday. It's the Rose Bowl against Utah. It's going to be right here on the practice report. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. All right. Hey, Berm, still miss you. Still another day closer to the Rose Bowl, though. New Year's Day, Ohio State, Utah, the offense. Uh, spoke here uh, at LA Live today, Kevin Wilson, uh, offensive coordinator, talking a little bit about uh, a lot of things on that side of the football, but including his own uh, future. And it looks like he'll still be remaining with Ohio State. Talked about other jobs that may have been interested uh, in him or, or what it would take to even get him to leave. CJ Stroud, Travion Henderson, Thayer Munford, Jackson Smith and Jigba again, and Jeremy Ruckert. Um, you know, those guys talking. It's not covering a ton of new ground. I think maybe the most interesting part about it was just uh, this Cade Stover conversation. He wasn't part of this, but he's at linebacker, and it sounds firm like he might not come back to tight end, uh, depending on what, what happens and what shakes out. But Cade Stover's been there all month. He likes it. Uh, he feels like he's at home. And there's at least another conversation to be had about him maybe staying at linebacker. You know, this is sort of the catch-22 that Ohio State and programs around the country run into when you're recruiting athletes and then trying to fit them into positions. You do risk hindering their development track a little bit. And, and we've seen with Cade, when he arrived at Ohio State as a linebacker, dropped a defensive end, went over to tight end, now back to linebacker. You know, he's three years into the program here, and it, it certainly cost him an opportunity to really start to develop himself. But without players like that, Sometimes it's hard to run a program because you need to have those glue guys. Uh, and Kay deserves a lot of kudos from people for his willingness to adapt and his willingness to uh, move around. But as you said, I mean, he likes it because Kate Stover wants to hit people. Uh, <laughs> and he, he likes hitting people. And, you know, I think for Ohio State in this game, especially if Cody Simon's unavailable, and as you wrote on, on Tuesday, he was not at practice. And, and there's been reports of his arm in a sling. Um, you're going to need Kate Stover to hit some people. And uh, I think that maybe getting a full month of practice at that spot can help him feel more comfortable than he did in the limited reps that he got there against Michigan. Yeah, I think there was, maybe it was, maybe it was just me, but I think you probably share this, that we knew going into the game, how thin Ohio State was at linebacker. And we saw Kate Stover out there. I believe it was only for one snap. It was, it was no more than a couple um, helping out at linebacker, but he had been preparing there all week just because of the numbers. Well, you take, Cody Simon out of this, like, okay, well, for this month, for this Rose Bowl, maybe he's there, but there is, you know, an opportunity for him to stay there. And, and it's a balancing act because one of the factors you're looking at the future roster composition is if Mitch Rossi elects to come back for one more year. They're not sure if he's going to use that or not, or if he can get on a scholarship if they have one. Um, and if they need Kate Stover at tight end, then there's going to be a push and pull going on there with, as you say, roster development. They feel good. In this game, Joe Royer is going to be the number two tight end. Mitch Rossi is still going to be playing his normal sort of fullback role. Uh, you have you know, Sam Hart coming down the pipe. You have G. Scott, who's been dealing with injuries. But they have a room, uh, Bennett Christian, uh, coming down. You know, they have guys that they feel comfortable with, but there's not a real veteran-proven experience there. So they may need Cade Stover at both places, but he's going to have to pick one eventually. And Joe Royer is actually one of the more athletic tight ends in the room and maybe the most athletic tight end in the Ohio State room, which may surprise people who think that G. Scott, because he's a former wide receiver, may have that athletic edge on him. But Joe's really come on in the last two months, according to people I've talked to. And 
this is what bowl games are for. It's about getting your guys an opportunity to step up and, and see how they can, uh, you know, help your program moving forward. And again, with Cade, it's like uh, he, he's always sort of been this jack of all trades, master of none. But for him, if he wants to have a shot in the NFL, he's going to need to pick one, as you said. And so at this point, maybe it just makes more sense to rely on the guys who are actually tight ends their whole lives, uh, and like Joe Royer, like Sam Hart, like Bennett Christian. Um, you know, as as Jeremy Ruckert finishes out his career, the Buckeyes need someone in that spot. And if Joe Royer is going to be that guy, you got to find out now. Well done. You didn't even uh, notice the scene change in here. Uh, it must be that just it's so cloudy. The sun doesn't come out when you're not here, Berm. So Naturally. Um, <laughs> uh, little technical difficulties here. We're trying to make the best of this uh, interesting week at the Rose Bowl. So I didn't think the tight ends would really be the main topic of conversation for Ohio State. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert, by the way, also really kind of talked about how challenging this year was for him and that he'd never really had a drop before in his career, three or four that got away from him and that frustration. Uh, but that's tight ends were in the spotlight and offensive line, uh, continuing to have that conversation about uh, why they may or may not have wanted Paris Johnson to play uh, at tackle in this game. A, you have there Munford, uh, and as Kevin Wilson kind of described it and laid it out, you know, they were really committed to a left and right scenario throughout the year where Paris Johnson was the backup to Dewan Jones. Uh, you had there Munford backing up Nicholas Petit-Frere. And then now you have Matt Jones sliding in at guard, potentially some Donovan Jackson in this game as well. That was brought up by Kevin Wilson. Uh, but until they get to spring ball, uh, they were not going to force Paris Johnson to make a move that, that by, even by his own accounts, I asked Paris Johnson this on campus a couple weeks ago, he wasn't really prepared and ready to make that move on short notice. And I know that people say, well, he's a natural tight end or excuse me, a natural tackle and playing his whole life. Why couldn't he do it? It was really a part of him that didn't you know, want to have to just go do it on short notice in the Rose Bowl. It's not the same playing tackle in high school as it is playing against Utah in the Rose Bowl. After you've not played the position for two years, there is an adjustment period. There is a reacclimation. And if you're C.J. Stroud in this situation, I think you want your blindside protected by a guy that has played the position this year. Uh, and, and this is, again, an opportunity. I think it's sort of a, a bittersweet uh, full circle moment for Thayer Munford. If you think about how his career really started for Ohio State when he was forced into action in the Rose Bowl in 2018 um, and, and now here at tackle and now he's you know in this position here. Um, you know, he actually had to leave that game and Josh Alibi had to play for Alibi had to play for him. It's sort of a weird bookend to his career at Ohio State. But this this game does have a bit of a feel of just Ohio State trying to just make do in a lot of different ways. And that's why it's so important for Ohio State that you still have the key cogs. You still have Stroud. You still have Travion Henderson. You do have an offensive line that for all intents and purposes, even with Nick Petit Frere out, is you're going to have five starters uh, at, at the game. Um, and then you can rely on Jackson Smith and Jigba, who uh, obviously all, all, all people are going to be watching him this weekend. Yeah, and so the other part is, you know, the open viewing period on Tuesday, you know, that was not a full, uh, full-scale practice for Ohio State. And I know there were concerns and people asking on the Letterman Row message boards about the number of scholarship players available. Um, at this point, as I sit here right now, I do not believe that non-injury, that the sickness part of this is impacting Ohio State. Now, obviously, that situation can change, but the numbers are that they were at. I think you got to remember the number of people that are injured, uh, season-ending injuries or, or guys who are not going to be able to play in this game, plus transfer portal defections. That's going to take a serious dent 
a big chunk out of 85. And I think as part of the tightening up of the protocols, and nobody specifically said this was a reason, but if they weren't going to play in the game, you don't see a lot of people that are injured standing around going through like rehab on the road, the way you may have at other bowl games. So for somebody like Cody Simon or a Marcus Crowley, seven banks, we know is not here. Can go on down the Mitchell Melton guys that, you know, Josh Proctor guys, you know, that are injured are not here. So that's going to take that number down. Again, you have, you knock on wood, you see what's happening with other bowl games, whether you agree with, um, you know, the decision-making or not. Um, I don't think that that's currently impacting Ohio state. Yeah. It's not a normal year. I mean, this is, it's in a normal year, all 120 kids travel for bowls. It's, it's your reward for the end of the season. This is just trying to get through the finish line for Ohio state. Uh, and again, as we talked about extensively yesterday, just because it feels that way doesn't mean this team doesn't want to win. I mean, Kevin Wilson, um, you know, as you mentioned at the top of the show, when you were in a totally different location, you know, this is a guy that had opportunities to, to, to leave um, the program and, and had opportunities to, to be a coach elsewhere. Um, and I think it's just fascinating to see. This is a, a, a group of people that really do want this season to end with a win. Um, you saw the, the tweet from CJ Stroud after the Heisman, the how to make a villain or how, you know, how you create a, a nightmare or whatever he said. I don't know. Yeah, um, villain. You know, you know, these guys are, are, are entering this game with a chip on their shoulder. There just is less of these guys with chips because there's less of these guys, period. But, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah, I actually I asked CJ Stroud about that tweet because a lot of this season, I wrote about it a few weeks ago before the Heisman was him unplugging from social media, not paying attention to that noise. And he said, you know, he still wants to have a little fun. He's a you know second year college student. That's part of their life. Uh, and he he wanted to have a little fun in return after some of the people were having a lot of, uh, you know, fun at his expense in September. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba talked about how cool that was, that they liked that that mentality exists for C.J. Stroud, that he's much more, you know, it's weird that we, like Ryan Day and C.J. Stroud, that they're somehow viewed as not being ultra competitive guys just because of maybe the way that they talk in press conferences or, you know, they have that cool demeanor. They don't want to ride roller coaster of emotions and all the things that they normally talk about. But he, CJ Stroud is not real happy that he finished fourth in the Heisman trophy voting. He, you know, I think he understands why that is when you lose in the last game of the year, but that's definitely something that motivates him. He's talked about that. And Jackson Smith and Jigba has noticed that when talking about a, a chip on the shoulder or extra motivation, Travion Henderson, they, they loved it. That's what they want to see from their leader at quarterback. And I know that you have some expectations of what CJ Stroud wants to do on Saturday. He is not lacking for confidence or fuel to play in this game on Saturday. And it may not even really be about CJ's confidence. What you're what you're really talking about as far as the Ohio State offense and its ability to go full speed is about the guys playing alongside Jackson Smith and Jigba. Is Julian Fleming able to bounce back and be confident after kind of struggling in the last few weeks of the season when he was put into kick return roles? Uh, is Emeka Abuka healthy and ready to go? It seems like he is. He was out for two games with, with an illness in, in November. Uh, is Marvin Harrison, in all of the preseason talk, is he ready to put that on the field? Um, you know, those guys are the, the things that are really going to make the offense go for, for CJ. Uh, and I know he has a lot of confidence in them. But, you know, this opportunity on this stage uh, is really the moment for these kids to, to shine. And, you know, we've talked about how great Brian Hartline's recruited in the last handful of years over and over and over. But now it's time to, to pretty much show up or shut up for these guys because 
even though they're young. I mean, Emeka Abuka is still a true freshman, and Marvin Harrison's a true freshman. But at this point, with everything these guys have been through over the last year, you have no excuse anymore to not go out there and, and, uh, and put it all on the field. Yeah, so and the other part, you know, is Kevin Wilson, you know, sticking around to do this. He kind of mentioned that somebody in the beat had texted him and said, hey, taking that Akron job, good luck. And he, he joked about that in the press conference. I don't know who that could have possibly been, but could have been anybody. Uh, could have been anybody. Uh, that is not really the caliber of job that Kevin Wilson is will, is wanting to pursue to leave. He makes well over a million dollars to coordinate the offense along with Ryan Day. Um uh, his son is a walk-on offensive lineman now. Uh, he had a pretty good year in terms of what a walk-on can accomplish, uh, getting in games right away for the Buckeyes. Uh, he loves living in Columbus. He's in a good good situation. So to take a huge pay cut to at his age as well to go run a MAC program like Akron didn't strike him as really the move to give up what he had here. Um, so he he went in a little bit to that thinking and that conversation. I find it fascinating and baffling that more prestigious programs or even someone like when Kansas opened, you know, those, those are the jobs that Kevin Wilson has already proven he can turn around uh, at Indiana. That was, that was such a significant lift. And you've seen what's happened in a couple of years since he departed. It's not been the same there for the Hoosiers. I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know what's going to take the way that he left. I think there's still just a very big misconception about what happened at Indiana and the fault and blame and, and the lack thereof when it comes to what Kevin Wilson actually did. And, you know, it's, it's really, I think, to Ohio State's benefit that other programs haven't figured out how much he has to offer. But, you know, I don't know at, at this point if it's going to happen for him. And I think he's, he's come to terms with that a little bit. Yeah, but I think also some of that opportunity is tied to the fact that a lot of people – sort of label Ryan Day as this offensive wonderkind, and they think that maybe Kevin Wilson isn't as big a part of the Ohio State offense as he actually has been. And I think that they're heading into this offseason, and I don't want to get ahead of things because the game is Saturday, but for Kevin Wilson's future and for Ryan Day's future, I think this offseason needs to be one where Ryan Day surrenders the offense more to Kevin Wilson, and, and Ryan Day himself has to learn how to be more of a CEO-type coach a la Nick Saban, a la Urban Meyer, and, and begin to to trust that this guy who's been there as long as he has been uh, can run the offense the way he wants and understands how it's going to be done. And I think if if that sort of mentality or that sort of uh, uh, messaging changes, and it's not Ryan Day's offense, it's Kevin Wilson running the offense, then maybe people will say, hey, you know what, we should give this Kevin Wilson guy a shot again. Because I think right now part of it is people just assuming that he's just sort of on – you know, Ryan Day's coattails. Uh, and that's not altogether untrue, but it's also not true. <laughs> so, like, I think you need to s- sort of delineate here what what Kevin Wilson's role is moving forward. And, um, you know, I think for Ryan Day, like I said, I think it's actually in, to his benefit that he gives up a little bit of that and lets Kevin Wilson run things. Well, I'm sure through the wonders of editing that Berm will make this look great that I was in two different locations. It's been a week or two weeks of first for us as we put together uh, all of this content on our Letterman Row YouTube channel that is brought to you by Buyers Auto. Uh, we're just winging it, man. This is the only way we can do it at this point. Um, we're getting ready for the Rose Bowl on Saturday. We're trying to bring you as much content as we possibly can uh, as Ohio State gets ready to play Utah on Saturday evening in the Rose Bowl and a few more practices to go out here in California. Uh, I don't know. I just still miss you. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy oh. the, the the beautiful California sun. 
and, and the, the, the smog and everything else that California has to offer. Um, the world's most amazing place for the shuttle, sure. The shuttle rides are great too. I know that you missed those. I, I actually almost fell on your curb yesterday. Yeah, I boy. I was going to save that, but it's a dangerous, dangerous place. Now I just, I can't even laugh at what happened to you then. Uh, that's Imagine perfect. doing it with 70 pounds of equipment. <laughs> you did it with a book bag. Uh, my book bag's pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, that's Burr. I'm Austin. This has been the Practice Report. It's brought to you by Buyers Auto. A couple days away now, New Year's Eve. Uh, excuse me, New Year's Day, Ohio State, Utah. We're getting ready for that with full coverage at lettermanrow.com. Thanks for watching.